All right. Good morning, family. I am very excited. Excited? This? I'll move it a little bit. Okay. I am very excited to share this word with you. Those of us that are here at our church, will you rise up for the reading of the word of God? I want to give honor to the written word of God. We're going to look at three different uh, places in the scripture. Those of you that are joining online, you can listen and you can say amen in your hearts. Right? So we're going to start with Deuteronomy 29, verse 29. It says, The secret things belong to the Lord our God, but those things which are revealed belong to us and to our children forever, that we may do all the words of this law. Everybody say, Revealed, revealed. belongs to me. Okay. Philippians 4.13, it says, I can do all things. Everybody say all things. all things. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And lastly, James 4.17, it says, Therefore, to him who knows to do good and does not do it, to him it is sin. Can we pray? Holy Spirit, I surrender to your anointing, to your presence, to your wisdom. Father, I acknowledge my lack of ability to articulate your word this morning. And I ask, Lord, that you would grant supernatural understanding to the hearers and that you would cover my inability and that you would speak through, through me, your words that will set your people free. God, help us to respond to your invitation in this season. You're inviting us to leave the shallow waters of life where we live from reaction to reaction. And you're calling us, inviting us to a deeper level of life Will we get to see deeper messes in our lives and allow you to process and heal our brokenness? So God, come, have your way. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. You know, I just came back a couple of days ago from a very special trip with uh, my best friend of I don't know, 30-something years. 40? I'm turning 50. I think I met her at the age of 13. Yeah. How, how many years is that? I'm about to turn 50. So, what, 37 years, right? We came, and during our trip, I found this hat. Daniel, can you show them that picture of me and my friend Anna? Don't we look beautiful? My friend bought me this hat. Because as we were walking around, I saw this hat and what was written in this hat. Like, you know, sometimes something just like, ah, like it gets you deep. As I was walking by, I saw this hat and it says, beautiful girl, you can do hard things. And I said, Anna, I love this. I love what it says. And she's like, let me buy it for you. And she bought this hat for me. 
and I meant to bring it and wear it to show you how cute I look, but I was rushing and forgot. So that's why I'm showing you this picture. Beautiful girl, you can do hard things. I don't know, just that phrase just makes me want to cry. And I just hear our Abba Father saying to each one of you, beautiful child, you can do hard things. Hmm? You can do hard things. What hard things have you been avoiding lately? Huh? I want to talk about some hard things we are called to do in this season. Can I? Will you pay attention and, and meet me here? Yeah. And can we talk about this, family? Yeah. Hmm? The Lord is inviting us out of surface level of life into a deeper level of wholeness yeah. where we get to actually experience that abundant life that Jesus Christ paid the price for us in this season. Everybody repeat after me. I can do, I can do. All, things all things through Christ who strengthens me. You see, every season you must tap into that special grace that God releases each season. Okay? God releases a certain kind of grace, a very special, specific grace for each season. And you have to tap into that. A lot of you hearing this may misunderstand me. Oh, whatever is easy to me right now. Well, that's too hard, Pastor. I don't have grace for that. I was able to recognize this special grace when I was triggered with anger and frustration. Okay, let me go a little more personal. Can I? Let me start by saying this. Benjamin, I'm going to be talking about you. <laughs> but please don't take it personally because it's not about you. It's actually about my mess. Okay? Now listen. The other day, well, a few weeks ago, I was, we were going through something very difficult, and I even had a dream that night. I woke up, and in my dream, I was punching my husband really hard, you know? And when I saw him, like, this frustration rose up in the morning. He didn't do anything. He didn't do nothing, guys. But when I got up, and I'm like, wow, I just dreamt about punching my own husband. What is wrong with you, child? And then when I woke up and I saw my husband, and the first thing that caught my eyes was his big stomach. Fat tummy, that came out. Now remember, I'm not talking about Benjamin. I'm actually talking about my mess. You know what I realized? That every time I see his stomach for many years, all throughout our marriage, Every, oh, every time I see his stomach, it triggers me. Something, it irks me. Okay? But this morning, when I recognize that, right, I'm like, wait, 
Why does that irk me so much? Maybe it's not about Benjamin. Maybe it's actually about me. Maybe there's something in me that's being irked. And I remember looking back. Often, I tell myself, before I go in the room, before I come home, in my head, I always tell myself, Sonny, be quiet. Do not open your mouth. Don't say anything about his stomach. When he eats, don't say anything about how fast he is eating. When you see him eating Oreos in the corner, don't say anything. I keep telling myself, shh, don't say anything. And I'm like, okay, I'm not going to say anything. And I walk in, I'm like, uh, blah, blah, blah. And I keep finding myself speaking to him, criticizing him. You know what I realized? Man, it was never about his big stomach. It was about my mess. And so I started asking God, God, why does his big stomach irk me so much? Why does it frustrate me so much? Why does it make me angry so much? Why do I get so afraid so much? And I started to be curious about my reaction to my husband's beautiful body. (laughs) You see, because no matter what, he's beautiful. He's a child of God. And so I started to be curious, why does this irk me, Lord? Help me understand. And you know what I realized? I realized is this, that I cannot control the size of his stomach. See, size of this, I could control. October of 2020, I found myself out of nowhere being 135. And you may think, oh, Pastor Sonny, that's nothing. But you see, on my height as a Korean American, I have never been 135 except when I was pregnant with my child. This I could control. I dieted, I exercised, and guess what? I lost it all, guys. I'm at my goal weight. Woo! Right? This I could control. But that I couldn't control. And something that I could not control irked me. You see, every time I see him eating Oreos or hamburgers or fries, I can't control that. But I think I can by saying, you sure you should be eating that? You sure? Are you sure? And he's like, can a man enjoy a meal? Uh... You see, I'm trying to control that because there's this urge to control. And what I realized is this. When I see his stomach, I see his weakness. And you know what I realized? I have no compassion for his weakness. You know why? Because when I was a child, my dad, my earthly father, he was weak in certain areas. And he could not man up and face up to his weakness, so he ran away. He hid himself. And we were left to ourselves to live with the consequences of his weakness. You guys, I had to work hard and live hard. I had to fight 
to live. I had to fight to study. I didn't get to just go to school like everyone else. I had to work. I had to be a youth pastor. I had to work at a, a, a financial aid office. And I had to, I had to, I didn't have to, but I had to go for two bachelor's degree at the same time. I had to work hard, you see? And when I saw my husband's stomach, it reminded me my, with my mess, you know what? You're going to have to live with consequences of his weakness, just like you lived with consequences of your father's weakness. That's why it irks you. It was never about Benjamin. It was about my mess. Hmm? You know, I told Benjamin after this recognition, you know, if you realize I'm your number one fan when you're strong. That's why all over the world, they know my voice. Amen. Yes. When he's preaching, oh my goodness, yes. Amen. You should see the way I look at him when he's fasting. Right? When he's fasting and praying and worshiping and, and seeking the face of God, oh, I will do anything for that man. When he's strong, I'm his number one fan. But... In his weakness, I criticize. And when I'm criticizing, I'm actually not criticizing him. But I'm dealing with this mess inside of me. It was never about his fat. <laughs> but the issue was in me. It was my mess. It was my woundedness. You know what's easy? What's easy is remaining in the surface level when I am triggered. Man, see, you always. Yeah. Hmm? When I am stressed, when I am scared, when I am angry, when I am frustrated, when I am sad, it's easy to remain in the surface level of reaction. I am stressed, so I scream at my husband. I am sad. Right? So, that, so I, I isolate myself. You see, it's easier to criticize your husband than to look deeper within yourself. You see, it is to blame your boss than to look within yourself. It's actually more easier to get, at, get angry at God and others than actually to look at your own mess. It's easier. It's easier to break up with your girlfriend and go from rela one relationship to another. It's easier to divorce your husband and walk away. It's easier to give them the stonewalling, stop talking, or whatever, and walk off. It's easier to react than to look deeper within yourself and face up, man up your weakness and your woundedness. Hmm? It's easier. But in this season, God is calling us into a deeper surface level. I have some illustration. My helper today, can you come? Come on, Aletia. Aletia is going to be my helper. I want to be able to help you see, right here, help you see what I'm talking about with an illustration. You see these balloons, 
are these beautiful balloons, different size. And sometimes the pressures and stress and our pain blows up in here. And sometimes this pink balloon might criticize this purple. What are you so stressed about? Why are you criticizing me? Look how much, look how much pressure I'm living with. And we could, we could criticize each other, but what we have to understand is we all have different size of capacity. Aletia, can you help me with the balloon? You know, it's easier. When you are scared, when you are sad, okay, Aletia, help me, okay? Different things when you get triggered, when you get angered, it's like this air going into your balloon, okay? It's easier to yell at your wife. It's easier to go to drinking when you're stressed. It's easier, right? It's easier to remain in that surface level. Look at this. Look at this. You think, well, you know what? This life. What you don't understand is you're going to pop one day. If you don't deal with, if you don't look at your inner mess, you're like this balloon. Yeah. Right? Aletia, as the air goes in, how do you feel about being in front of this? Are you scared? Yeah. What are you scared about? My, see, my daughter, she loves balloons and she couldn't help, she couldn't wait to help me. But the more air it goes in, she's afraid to even go near it. Now you wonder why your husband's been avoiding you lately. Now you wonder why your wife has been yelling at you lately. Isn't that scary? Huh? You are about to pop. Chris is so scared right now. You are about to pop. You either pop, I'm not going to let it pop because everybody's scared. Either you pop and you, or you blow up. And once you blow up, thank you, my daughter, you're deflated. You're you are depressed. Once you blow up, you, what, all you see is this. But you know what? You know what God is saying? You think, you think you are, you are just, just dealing with it by going back to drinking, going back to whatever you're doing. But actually, you're messing up not only yourself, but loving relationships that God has blessed you with. What's hard is looking deeper within when I am triggered. Stay with me. You may ask, what is Pastor Sonny talking about right now? Stay with me. There's a special grace in this season for you and I to go deeper. That's why I'm bringing you this word so that you would tap into this special grace in this season. Hmm? Beautiful child, you can do hard things. That's what our Lord, our God, our Abba is saying to each one of us today. Amen? You know, we always yearn. Whether you recognize or not, you and I have this yearning always, okay? We yearn to be seen. We yearn to be heard. We yearn to be understood and accepted even in our weakness. 
to be recognized. That's why you know you always think thoughts like, "I wish my husband dot dot dot." To me, it could be, "I wish my husband was more disciplined." My husband might say, "I wish my wife was more kind." You you finish that sentence. I wish dot dot dot. I was talking to my close friends, and Sungshim Lop. Now, this is what she said earlier. You know your spouse's inability hmm, to see you and 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 show you the kindness and the tenderness or the uh, that you want so much. His inability will actually keep you on the right path for healing. Huh? What? Yearning for something new? Can he? I wish my husband would just be present. I wish he would spend more quality time with our children. You wishing for something new will not release healing in your life. Only ending the old ways can your healing come. Okay, stay with me. You cannot hold onto the old all the while declaring that you want something new. This is what Songshim was saying to us. Your old, if you keep, you keep doing the old ways, and you keep wanting the new ways. Guess what? Even when you look for the new way, the old, if it's still there, the old will defy the new. The old will deny the new. She says, "The old will decry the new." There is only one way to bring in the new. You have to make room for it. How do you make room for it? <laughs> doing something different. You cannot be doing the same thing and wanting something new. What does the Bible says? Secret things belong to God. You know, sometimes we we go crazy for the things that we don't know. It says secret things belong to God, but the revealed things belong to us. Stay with me here. When you demand. A change from your friends, your your spouse, your children. You are demanding them to make a change in an area where there is no awareness on their part. And guess what? You you are only responsible for your inner world, not theirs. Stay with me.、Hmm? You know what is revealed that belong to us when you get triggered. That's revelation. When you are Triggered, something has been revealed. When you are hurt, when you are angry, when you are sad, when you find yourself isolating, when you are scared, it is revealed that there is an unprocessed pain inside of you. That's why you're reacting. That's revealed things, and with the revealed things that belongs to us, it says that means you can do something about what. Is revealed.、Wow. Are you understanding what I'm talking about?、Yeah. You got to. You have to own your own woundedness. You have to man up to your own weakness. Stop blaming, criticizing. You gotta look within and not look without. You gotta face it up front without blaming others.、Hmm? I love left brain, right brain. I talk about this all the time when I'm preaching. Right. 
My friend also, Songshim and Anna, I heard them talking, and they, they both studied marriage family therapists. So I'm, I'm like, I just want to be a fly on the wall listening to their conversation. And this is what they recently talked about, okay? They said, left brain, we hold on to what we believe. Well, if you think nobody cares about me, your left brain holds on to that. Okay? Well, your right brain, right, is a feeling, right? You're feeling abandoned or you're feeling alone, right? You're feeling hurt, right? But your left brain will never change until your right brain is shook and shocked enough. Okay? Left brain holds on to beliefs. Right brain is feeling that. Okay? And when it floods, it shakes. Your right brain floods. Ah, oh, you get angry. Ah, oh, right? And then when it's shook enough, your left brain awakes. Okay? Just to give you a better idea, wives, listen. Sometimes you overreact. Okay, this is between you and me as wives. Girlfriends, sometimes when your husband or your boyfriends act a certain way, sometimes unconsciously, maybe subconsciously, maybe consciously, I don't know. I want to say subconsciously, you overreact to them. Ah! Why? Because when you say nicely, they don't change. They don't do anything. Am I speaking the truth or what? Huh? When I say, oh, Benjamin, can you take the garbage out? Oh, sure. Didn't do it. Oh, Benjamin, can you take the garbage out? Yeah, 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 I will do it. Sometimes, Benjamin! Oh, he's already up one side, right? He's on, on his way to the garbage can. Sometimes, right? And, and, and it's kind of sad, but it's true, right? Sometimes our left brain doesn't move until our right. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Let, okay. What can I do? What should I? What do you want? Huh? You know? This is my friends. Sometimes wives, I heard them say to me a lot, and even I said it to my counselors, I'm tired. Forget it. I'm not going to talk about it anymore. I'm not going to mention it anymore. It doesn't change anyway. But you know what my friend said? No, Sonny. You have to poke on his left brain continually with kindness. So I forgot. I didn't know about the kindness. <laughs> I just wanted to shake right? His right brain. But she said, no, you got to keep on poking it. You got to keep on talking to him about it with kindness. In the meanwhile, you face your own inner mess. This is what she said. Only you can see the stronghold in his left brain. And he needs you to poke, keep on poking on it with kindness. But you know what? <laughs> but you know what she said? She said, but Sonny, Sonny, he, he cannot really see anything until you work on your own woundedness. Man, I learned this so much in this season. Gaber Mate said, the authenticity and connections are two human instincts. And this is what they taught me. When you are like fighting, you got to hold on to both, being authentic and being connected, okay? But sometimes, don't we choose one or the other? Sometimes, 
In all my relationships, I choose connections, so I, I'm not real. If Nicole did something to irk me, I could, I, I have to be honest and still be connected to her. But you know what? I will give up being honest, authenticity, so because I'm afraid of losing connection. So I won't be honest with her, but I will just keep on, right? But then that's not true intimacy. But in in my relationship with Ben, Benjamin is the old, poor Benjamin. Benjamin is the only person where I choose authenticity over connection. And so I'm real. You know what? I'm going to be as real as I can. Blah, blah, blah. I am authentic. I am real. But then guess what? I but forget you and I disconnect. But the thing that God is calling us to do is you can have both. You can choose authenticity, being honest, and you can still do your best to be connected. And best way is communicating. Before, when he irks me, I don't know, forget it, right? I'm being honest. But when I choose connection is this, you know what, Benjamin, I don't know why, but right now I feel angry when you just said that. But maybe when we continue to talk about it, it will show me why I'm afraid, right? And so that just verbalizing what you feel in that moment and you own up to your own feelings will help you choose connection while you are authentic. Man, I learned this so much, didn't I, Benjamin? I am working hard. I am very intentional about choosing both authenticity and connection. And I want to talk to every one of you. You feel like you feel like you have to choose one or the other. No. When you choose one or the other, you are damaging your relationships. You can do hard things. You could be honest and face up to those individuals and be authentic and at the same time still be connected to them. Okay, all right, so when you are poked in your left brain, okay, you have to remember, you have work to do. Everybody say, work to do. You have to deal with your inner issue and not attack the other person's stronghold. Don't we do that? We get irked and we attack each other's stronghold. But when we get irked, we got to look deep within and do our own work. You need a mirror. Look at your neighbor, look at your friend and say, you need a mirror. Often our relationships are the mirrors that God has blessed us with. You think you're seeing his weakness? You think you're seeing her weakness? Actually, everybody say actually. They are reflecting your inner mess. They're reflecting your inner woundedness. You got to see your mess reflected upon them. So what do I do then, Pastor? Oh my gosh, what do I do? I'm going to give you quick five steps. You there? You ready? Number one, notice. Everybody say notice. Notice, notice your body sensations and your actions. Oh my gosh, I have been ignoring the texts and emails lately. Oh, shoot, I've been ignoring my spouse lately. 
You know what? I've been playing that video game money a lot more than I should be. Hmm. You know what? I'm feeling tension in my neck. You know, I've been drinking a lot more than I have been. You know, I've been fighting a lot more than normal. I've been yelling a lot. I've been angry a lot more. You gotta notice your right brain feelings. You know, I've been feeling frustrated a lot. You know, I've been angry. You know, I've been sad. Notice your bodily sensation and your feelings, your right brain. And once you notice, you're pausing. Before you react, when you are irked, you're pausing. Notice. Everybody say notice. notice. Number two, be curious. Say curious. curious. Once you notice, you have to be curious and ask questions. Why do I feel this way? What am I feeling? What am I believing? What unprocessed pain am I carrying and is it being triggered right now? You got to activate your left brain through being curious. Not curious about others. Why is it like that? I don't understand. You know, often you're curious about, I don't know why. No, th not them, you. Be curious about you. Number three, acknowledge. Ever say acknowledge. Acknowledge that it's my mess. When I find myself tensed up and get frustrated a lot, it's because I'm scared. Acknowledge that it's me. It's my mess. And God is inviting me into a deeper healing. And when you acknowledge that, then you could go get help. You could go share with a friend. You could go find a therapist. You could go talk to your leader, right? Acknowledge and get help. Number four, receive. Say receive. Once you recognize and acknowledge that you have a mess inside of you, you have to receive compassion and tenderness, okay? You have to receive help. It's okay. As you run to God with your unprocessed pain, He will begin to show you why certain things hurts you so much. He will then begin to synchronize with your pain, with tenderness. You're going to receive it. Oh, Sonny, you see? You, every time you see Benjamin's stomach, it's because you feel out of control. It's because you have been abandoned from a young age and, and you have to fight so hard to even live. And you think, you feel like you're fighting so much to live, but you think Benjamin's not choosing to live. He's choosing death. That's your perspective. Oh, Sonny. Oh, Sonny. It's that little child in you. You allow God to, to synchronize with you and, 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 and release that tenderness. Hmm? And once you receive that tenderness, right? As you receive his tenderness in your past pain, then your pain begins to metabolize. Then you begin to receive more compassion. And you are able to show yourself more compassion. Recently, I was triggered by certain things, and I did not like the way I felt. And I judged myself. And I told Benjamin, when I told him, you better not tell this to anybody because I'm ashamed that I'm feeling this. I feel like a narrow-hearted, you know, uh, you know, it's like, come on. 
Do you know how much God blessed you and you feel that? You were hurt by that? Oh, I hate, I judge myself. But Isaiah received God's tenderness and compassion. I removed judgment. And you know what I realized? When I receive tenderness and compassion, I walk away not only receiving healing and tenderness for myself, I walk away with more compassion for others. Yeah. Hmm? My friend Hong Shim said this, we all need to be seen through God's shimmering eyes and begin to see how precious we are. You know those cartoons like that, eye, the big eyes shimmering, and they're just so happy. They're so pleased with you. They're so proud that I, we need to begin to see ourselves in our mess, our Father's shimmering eyes of tenderness and acceptance, and see how precious we are, even in the midst of our mess. And when we are able to see how precious we are in our mess, then we are able to see how precious they are in their mess. Hmm? Lastly, say give. Gives. Everybody say give. give. Once you receive compassion, you now get to give that compassion to others. How, you may ask, share your journey with your spouse. I've been doing that a lot with my husband and your friends. And as you share this journey, as you share about how you have noticed, how you have been curious, how you have been acknowledging, how you have been receiving, right? As you share this journey with others, you are actually gifting them to start not only understand you better, but also for them to start their journey. Hmm? Their, their journey of healing. They get to start recognizing, oh, I have some unmetabolized, unprocessed pain in me. Oh, you know what? I've been reacting lately. Hmm? You get to offer this journey of healing, this journey of deeper level of wholeness to one another. You may ask, Pastor, this is too much. See, I already said too much, and I'm not even, I'm, right? Is this too much? I don't know I could do this. You may ask, this is too hard, Pastor. This is, you're asking too much from me. To you, I would say, well, beautiful child, you can do hard things. You know, learning to do hard things is a skill a child is supposed to learn. If I ask Aletia to do something, clean your room, it's too hard. I'm not going to rescue her all the time and clean it for her. No, I'm going to teach her how to do hard things. And that's what God is inviting you and I. I'm going to quickly go through these two scriptures and I'm going to end it, okay? I'm ready to land this plane. Be, stay with me, you guys. Don't, 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 don't leave me in your mind. Stay with me. I'm almost done, okay? I want you to look at 1 Samuel 16, verses 7 through 11, okay? It says, So the woman sang as they danced and said, Saul has slain his thousands and David his ten thousands. Then Saul was very angry. Everybody say angry. And the saying displeased him. Say displeased. 
And he said, they have ascribed to David 10,000, and to me, they have ascribed only thousands. Now what more can he have but the kingdom? So Saul eyed David from that day forward, and it happened on the next day that the distressing spirit from God came upon Saul. And from then on, Saul wanted to kill David. I sometimes, as I am learning to pause, right, and notice, right, and be curious, and to acknowledge and receive and give compassion, I, I thought about Saul. What if in this very moment when he got triggered, instead of reacting by wanting to kill David, what if he paused? What if he huh, noticed? And what if he went to God? God, I feel very angry that people are singing this. God, I feel, I am very, I am very distressed in this. And if Saul would have went to God in that very moment, he was triggered with anger and fear of losing his kingdom. I think God would have met him. And the result, the end of his life, I believe, would have been different because it was God who chose Saul to be the king. But Saul gave that up by reacting, living his life of reaction and fear. One more scripture, Genesis 4, 3 to 8. I thought about Cain as I am processing this. It says, and in the process of time, it came to pass that Cain brought an offering of the fruit of the ground to the Lord, and Abel also brought of the firstborn of his flock and of their fat. And the Lord respected Abel and his offering, but he did not respect Cain and his offering. And Cain, Cain, Cain was very angry. Everybody say angry. And his countenance fell. I have compassion for him right now. So the Lord said to Cain, why are you angry? And why has your countenance fallen? If you do well, will you not be accepted? And if you do not do well, sin lies at the door and its desire is for you, but you should rule over it. Now Cain talked with Abel, his brother, and it came to pass when they were in the field, that Cain rose up against Abel, his brother, and killed him. What if? Just say what if. What if in this very moment when Cain became angry and his countenance fell, and when God came to him and says, Cain, what's wrong? Why? Why are you angry? In that moment, what if Cain noticed and acknowledged and went to God and said, God, I feel insecure. I feel like you favor my, my brother more. What if he took time? Because God reached out to him, and he could have responded to God. And I believe Cain's life would have ended differently. So today, my brothers and sisters, God is asking, why are you so angry? Why are you so distressed? Why? Are you so sad? Why are you so frustrated? Why, why, why? In this moment, God is inviting you and I to leave this surface level of living, of blaming, reacting, 
to see deep within, God, I think there's something in here. I think there's, 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 there's a woundedness that keeps being triggered, and I don't know what it is, and I don't know how to deal with God. Help me. God is asking for you and I to acknowledge and face up and man up to this inner mess that you and I have been already been living with all these years. And God is saying, I am here, beautiful child, beautiful child, beautiful girl. You can do hard things. Why? Because I will give you the strength. Because I will give you the wisdom. Because I will reveal the things that need to be revealed in this season because I will help you. I want to heal you deep within so that you could enjoy the fruitfulness of your relationships. I want to bless you. I want to heal your marriage. I want to heal your heart. I want to, I want to go with you on a journey to look back to your past where it has marked you. My child... I am here. You can do it. You can do it. My brothers and sisters, you have heard me speak of these things. You know what that means? Now you know. You are accountable to what you have heard today. You cannot react the same tomorrow because you are accountable. The, what, what did I read? Therefore, to him who knows to do good, do good is to look within. Hmm? and does not do it to him, it is sin. You have heard this message, and now you are responsible, and you are accountable to God to go deeper within. Beautiful child, my beautiful friend, my beautiful child, son, daughter, friend, you, you can do hard things. Will you pray with me right now? Father, I thank you that you are taking us on this beautiful journey. You are asking us to go on an emotional, spiritual hike with you. Sometimes God, it's hard. Climbing that mountain is hard. Sometimes the heat is too hot and I'm thirsty and I feel like I don't have enough strength to climb. God, sometimes it's hard. But God, in that hard journey, you are so present with us, God. And you open our eyes to see how precious we are, how beautiful the world is that you have created. That where you are taking us is a beautiful place of healing and wholeness. So Father, I pray in the mighty name of Jesus, right now, empower every son, every daughter of yours to tap into this grace for this season, God. To God, to open our eyes, to man up, to face up front the inner messes, God, that is already in us, God. And God, we surrender and submit to your grace and your wisdom and your anointing, God, to bring about wholeness and healing and restoration within and without. God, we put our trust in you. Father, break every power of 
hopelessness and helplessness in the name of Jesus. Father, I speak to every marriage, God, where a husband or a wife has given up, God, has given up. Father, I speak new hope. I speak living hope to every relationship, Lord. Those, even singles, you've been isolating, you've been living deeper within by yourself. And God is saying, stop isolating yourself from your community. But but open your hearts to look deep within and work on the hard things. Huh. Allow God into your unprocessed pain. So Holy Spirit, come, have your way in us. Bless our relationships, God, as we say yes to this journey that you are taking us upon. Benjamin? Oh, wow. What a powerful, powerful, powerful word from the Lord. You know, what most people love about my wife when you hear her speak is how raw and transparent she is. And she always exposes herself, you know? And she does that in our relationship, too. She becomes aware of herself. And when she tells me what she discovers about herself, it helps me to discover something new about myself. And when she told me that piece about not being able to be there with me in my weakness, at first I just felt justified. <laughs> like, yeah, that's right. <laughs> until I really got before the Lord and realized that I have exactly the same weakness as her. I'm able to be present with her in her strength, but she always feels alone in her weakness. And what I began to realize, especially just listening to this message this morning, that Deuteronomy 29:29 paradigm that she spoke to us about, the secret things belong to the Lord our God, but the revealed things belong to us. Yeah. We have a tendency in every area of our lives to want the secret things yeah. and to ignore the, the revealed, revealed things. things. Yep, that's it. Yep. I want my God to fix my wife, but my wife's issues, those are the secret things that are between her and the Lord. Yeah. But the revealed things, it's what's going on inside of me. Yep. Yep. And if I would just focus on the revealed things, God, I can't be responsible for anyone else, but I can be responsible yep, for me. That's it. That's it. And if both of us would do that in every relationship, yep. if that's if that's how we lived, yeah. we spend so much time trying to fix the secret things in one another yep. instead of focusing on healing the revealed things in us. Yep. That's it. And when my wife shares with me one of her secret things, it's a privilege. Yeah. She's sharing her life with me. Yeah. It's a privilege. So I just want to encourage, I, I know we're all encouraged by this message today, strengthened and encouraged by this message today. But at the very place where hmm. it just feels too hard, it's too hard. I can't do it. That's the very place where the strength of God 
Yep. Is coming to you today. Amen. To empower you to do it. Yes. Because until I take that responsibility in mm. myself, mm. I'm going to keep blaming everyone around yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. It's her fault. It's his fault. Yeah. It's that person's fault. Yep. It's this person's fault. And you know you're blaming when that's all you think in your mind mm. Mm. of what this person did and what that person said. But if the focus of my mind and heart is not God, what are you doing in me? Yeah. And what are you putting your finger on in my own life? Yeah. That's when I begin to take responsibility. That's the hard thing. Yeah. And the Spirit of God would empower us today to do Hallelujah. the hard thing. And so, Father, I just speak your blessing over each and every one of your sons and daughters today. Everyone under the sound mm. of my voice, those who are far and those who are near, mm. strengthen, encourage, and empower each one of us today to do the hard thing. Yeah. Yeah. Lord, there is a degree to which my walk with you is just between me and you. Yeah. And that means that I can't bring other people into it. And I can't blame other people for what's on the inside of me. So help me to do the hard thing every mm. day yeah. of dealing with you. Yeah. And allowing you to deal with me. Today, I take responsibility for me. Yeah. And I renounce yeah. every power of blame. Yeah in which I blame others, mm. shift responsibility to others. Yeah. You need to just pray this prayer with me today. I take responsibility for me. Yes. In Jesus' in name. In Jesus' name. I take responsibility yes. for my own yes. stuff. Mm. Forgive me for mm. blaming others. Mm. Mm. That's what Adam and Eve did in the garden. Mm. It's that wife you gave me. <laughs> it's that yeah. lion devil, the serpent deceived yeah. me. Yeah, yeah. Lord, we just renounce that spirit of blame. Mm. Blame is the antithesis of repentance. Mm. I cannot repent as long as I'm blaming somebody else. Mm. So we just renounce every power of blame. No more excuses, Amen. no more Amen. blaming others. Amen. God, I take responsibility for, for me. me. It is yes. me, O oh Lord, standing in the need of prayer. When I yes. stand before you, God, I stand before you by myself. Yes. Amen. Not as a victim. Yeah but as a victor. Yes. Amen. In amen. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 amen.